Well, hello there. Hey, real quick, before this episode gets started, just wanted to let y'all know, while recording this episode, there was a little bit of an issue with the audio on it, so the audio's a little funky this go-round. Sorry about that, we fixed the whole stereo mono thing, the audio is in mono, it just, mm, it's not the greatest. Uh, big shout out to Nerd Chronic and Luis Lopez for helping to fix this for us, they at least made it listenable, so therefore we are still releasing it so y'all are able to listen and watch. If you are having a hard time with this audio still, completely understand, try coming over to youtube.com slash cinefanatics. We have a video version that's available, so at least there's something else for your senses to latch onto and watch instead of just listening in the audio format. If for whatever reason you still can't watch or listen to the audio, again, completely understand. Thank you for giving it a shot. We'll see you next week on the Better Audio podcast episode next week. Otherwise, this was a really good episode. We had a really good conversation about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, so we are still releasing it. Hopefully you give it a watch and a listen, and if you do, we appreciate it. If not, completely understand. We'll see you next week, but yeah, here's the episode. Welcome to episode two of the Cinefanatics podcast. We are the Cinefanatics. This is a podcast where we talk about movies. We love movies. We love talking about movies. My name is Chris Adams. And I'm Robert Adams. That was our catchy intro phrase. Was it good? I'm workshopping things. That, as you do, like as you just go, just just spit it out. And Hey, we like movies. We're going to talk about movies. Nah, I think that's Sean Chandler's. Right. <laughs> we well, talk about way too much. Welcome to Cinefanatics. We have a cat. She does things. Speaking of cats, we're talking about Black Panther today. Nice segue. Mm, yeah. That was just a loose touch on Lola, who's actually minding her own business right now, which is great. <laughs> Welcome to Lola Updates here on the Cinefanatics podcast. Yeah. So today, the episode, we're talking about Wakanda Forever. It literally just came out in the theaters probably about a week and a half now at this point. Yeah. And by the time this is out, by it time this is out, yeah, almost two weeks. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to be our uh, spoiler-heavy discussion, basically, but not at first. If you're listening to this podcast, we wanna we wanna be able to give you a little bit of time to enjoy the dulcet sounds of our voices, towns, the dulcet towns, the dulcet towns. Enjoy some dulcet towns too. Uh, and so we want to include everybody on the podcast as much as possible. So we're going to do a little bit of non-spoiler talk at, at the beginning. That way everybody can participate and have a grand old time. And then somewhere at some point we'll start talking spoilers. We'll give you a warning when we're going to do that, though. So that way you have plenty of time to click off. If you haven't seen the movie yet, watch the movie, come back, check out the spoiler talk afterwards. Uh, by the way, I just want to compliment you on your nice choice of the purple T-shirt and black cardigan combo that you that you're rocking currently. Uh, it looks very good. So, good job. And I already know in editing, he's gonna punch in on me pointing at my head. Probably. Uh, so, real quick, before, before yeah, before, <laughs> got the roll safe meme down. Uh, before we actually continue, uh, so far. Uh, we've had one episode of the Cinefanatics podcast up, and I'm very much grateful to everyone's comments. It's true. Uh, even though everyone's comments were all about the audio being in stereo and not in mono. And you know what? I sound like I'm coming from that side of the room. I'm over there! <laughs> like, we're just really good at throwing our voices. Just, yeah. 
Um, my voice is actually coming from the Chuck. I'm on your mic now. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, thank you for all the feedback. Thank you all for watching that first episode. I hope you all enjoyed the second episode as well. So uh, if you watch the video version, I had a lot of fun with editing that. There's a couple of bits in there. I did mm -hmm. some like fun creative stuff with editing. Uh, so if you're only watching this on the audio, go watch the video also. There's some fun things in there. I'm having a blast with that. Again, so, the word is synergy. You want to watch both audio and the video. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you watch the audio, but you don't want to watch the audio. You want to listen to the video and you want to watch the audio, guys. That's what we're doing here. All right, goofballs, get to it. What are y'all talking about today? Forrest Gump. <laughs> I we made that joke last time. Anyways, no, we're going to talk about Black Panther. We'll come forever. That's my Ice cream. cream. It's sad that it took me that long to figure out what random quote from Forrest Gump I wanted to pull for this. There's so many. There's so many. That, that's how we're going to begin every podcast episode. It's just a random ass quote of Absolutely Forrest Gump. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Magic shoes. Anyways. Um, Talk about a dance. Yeah. Anyways, uh, setting this up. I want to go back real quick on this is, uh, I, I believe we talked about this before, roughly, that when when Chadwick Boseman passed away, we were in the middle of filming a reaction, and you were the first one to notice the news. Yeah. You were like, hey, don't react, but there's some major news that just broke. And it was in the middle of like reacting to something super important. Like, all focus, all hype was based off of what we were watching at that and moment. I think there was something going on with what it was that we were watching where there was people talking in live in real time and those people were all of a sudden every bit of their attention focus was not on whatever the program was. It turned yeah. the whole chat or whatever it was was turning to, oh my God, did you guys see the news? Chadwick Boseman just passed. Well, okay, so to pull it back, it was the movie trivia showdown match yeah, okay. of Kevin Smith versus Chris Jericho. Easily the most, the most hyped up Ooh. match. These are the biggest, I would say, biggest level of celebrities the movie trivia showdown was able to get. So yeah. it, was, it was a pre-recorded match. So that wasn't it live, was being but it was being premiered. So it was being shown live with people in the chat reacting. And you know, like uh, Christian Harloff, uh, Mark Ellis, they were they're proud of their of their baby, yeah. the Schmodown, as they should be. Yeah. Um, and just everyone in the chat, the second that news dropped, that whole chat just switched from talking about the match to talking about Chadwick Boseman. And as as people who create content like that, I was looking at that from the the content creator's point of view and just oh my god that is so heartbreaking that one i mean that is a very heartbreaking thing anyways it's it's hard to say because it's a situation where you're like wow the timing of this is terrible but the timing of somebody passing away <laughs> is, is always terrible yeah no matter what yeah. no matter who no matter when no matter what so yeah it's a it's a it was a rough situation at that time but yeah so we were doing a reaction to this you saw we, the news we saw the news. We saw like the chat was being updated in real time because um, I think we still had it like somewhere. Or we were watching it. We were watching it as it was premiering live. Yeah. We were doing a reaction as it was premiering live, so we had access to the chat at that time. So I was like, "Big news! Do not react to it. Maintain professionalism, yeah, uh, as much as humanly possible." And once we were done. Well, so I saw the news, like, yeah. shortly after you mentioned, of course, me, I'm like, ooh, what's going on? And I saw the news, I was like, I'm curious. oh, and you're like, yeah, 
We'll talk about it later. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, anyway, so that was when we found out, and that is that's I mean that's still available and live on our channel. I was actually watching it the other day just to remember the situation, the feelings in there, because like uh, you said in like the the chat of our video of our video premiering and replaying, you're like, yeah, the wind is completely out of my sails at this point. Like I have, I've just lost all focus on what the content we were creating is. Yeah, um, which so. I bring that up as in, like, this shows how powerful Chadwick Boseman's performance was to playing Black Panther. Yeah, and as we all remember, this happened This happened before... Did it happen before Endgame came out? Or did... Was Endgame... I think Endgame was Endgame was out. 2019. I think this was in this 2020. This was in 2020, yeah. Because yeah. um, this was, like, something else added on top of the pandemic. Uh, the year that everybody was already having. Yeah. Through. So that, that was in line with all of us going, this year just this can't just get worse. Yeah. Um, so this was before this was before Wakanda Forever even started filming, mm -hmm. obviously. Obviously, because they, they had to pivot uh, in the scripting phase and, and the storyboarding phase as to what yeah. this movie was going to end up being. I think they took, I want to say it was something around like six months or so to regroup and yeah. figure exactly what they're going to do. They're like, we're going to do a sequel still. We don't know what it's going to be yet. Give us time. We're going to figure it out. Let us have a brief moment of time to just kind of breathe and refocus because mm -hmm. this is, you know, earth-shattering news for everybody. And that's a huge thing. I think, I know we want to talk about, we're obviously going to talk about Wakanda Forever here in a minute, but you can't talk about, you can't talk about it without talking about the impact that Chadwick Boseman had. He didn't even have that long of a career, honestly. And that's what's the sad thing is that that man should have had a long and very illustrious career because he was a fantastic actor. Uh, what I like, and like I know that there were there were jokes about this as well, which, I mean, they're, they're like hard jokes, so I'm okay with it, I feel like, is that for a while there, he was like the go-to for if you need to get an actor to play like a famous, like historical black person. Yeah. You go Chadwick Boseman. What was it? Like Jackie Robinson, James Brown. Yeah, kind of. Like, <laughs> is that Thurgood Marshall? Thurgood Marshall, yeah. Like, he was the go-to for it. And there's a reason why he was the go-to. He was phenomenal he, at everything he did. He lost himself in every single one of those people. Uh, like he became those people. I will actually say, now, aside from that, I will actually say probably one of my favorite roles that he did was uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. His character in that was so good, but it was also, like, not T'Challa. No, he was like the very opposite of T'Challa. He was he was not a good person in that movie. Not a good person, rude, not uh, like very selfish, and like it was. It's amazing to see him because I completely lost that it was Chadwick Boseman yeah. that this was T'Challa in this movie. I it was a whole nother character, and he did so well at that. Mm -hmm. uh, that again, one of my favorite movies of his is Forty Two, where he played Jackie Robinson. That. That is, I saw that movie and I was like, man, this is an excellent, excellent movie. On top of that, that's around the time when I was actually thinking, and I know, like, after the fact, you know, a lot of people might say, okay, sure, I don't believe you. But that's about the time I was thinking, they need to get him to do Black Panther. Mm -hmm. He would be a perfect choice for Black Panther. He's on the rise at that time. He's, he's, they, so they could get him for, for a, a, a cheaper price, essentially, as compared to maybe some other actors. Uh, his star was building. He 
he was able to embody roles uh, at the level you would need to have somebody embody the king of Wakanda. You know, someone who's both a king and a superhero. Yeah, that like presence, that on-camera presence. Yeah, even a, though you, you, most people still didn't know who he was. Exactly. And I was like, he's going to be a perfect choice. And then they did that uh, that in 2014 that yeah that yeah, that presentation with uh, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans coming out and talking about Civil War and everything. And out of nowhere, there's like, and introducing the King of Wakanda, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. Yeah, and then the Black Panther. Came, and then he came out, and everyone's just losing their minds, which was great because I think. And I'm like, yes. I don't think I was. I don't think I was that familiar with him at that time. So I was like. Okay, cool. This guy's playing Black Panther. Awesome. Yeah. But you and see me around, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. And then, and then I found out, like I looked into, okay, who's Chadwick Boseman? Why Why should he get to play the king of Wakanda? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, this guy's got some cred to him. Yep. And then actually seeing his performance, especially just his performance only in Civil War. Not yeah. even talking about the first Black yeah. Panther. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that last it. that last scene in Civil War with him and uh, Zemo, that that was, oh yeah, that was what sealed him as Black Panther. That is what sealed him as like, yes, this guy is absolutely a hundred percent T'Challa. He became Black Panther in the way that Robert Downey Jr. was always Tony Stark. Yeah, um, it's just it's just like a one to one. He's that person. And, and so, for a quick side side on this. Again, I don't really think that Marvel has ever done, like, bad casting. Like, there's some casting I thought was questionable. Uh, What's-his-face as uh, essentially becoming the leader in Incredible Hulk? Oh, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw him and I'm like, wait, he's supposed to be the leader eventually? Of course, they haven't done the leader as of yet. He is going to be in the new Captain America movie, but... I was like, that's really weird casting. His character in Incredible Hulk was good, but I just, like, that was weird casting. They've done weird casting. Tim Roth as Abomination, that was strange. It's Those are all box. from the Hulk, also. I don't know yeah. why. Out yeah. of the box casting. But they're good. They, they, like, they still work. Yeah. Um, so, again, I didn't know necessarily who Chadwick Boseman was upon this announcement. But I looked up, I was like, okay, I, he, he, he looks what, how I would think a live-action T'Challa should look. I feel like that was also around the time when we started to say, you know what, I just I think we trust Marvel and whatever they choose to do at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that was, so this was right after the announcement of Infinity War Part 1, Infinity War Part 2, before they changed the name. Yeah. We got that video of uh, Thanos. of Thanos holding the Infinity Gauntlet as the camera pulls back, and everyone's just losing their mind. Yeah. Like, you can't do wrong at this point. <laughs> they could have announced that like a new Marvel character was being played by a taco, and... Yep, sounds good to me. Sounds good. I'm on board for it. Nova so, is a taco. Oh, okay. Galactic tacos goodness. <laughs> Ghost Rider playing by the flame broiled Whopper. <laughs> He's going to squirt you with fire sauce. Sounds good. Put some ghost I peppers on that. immediately regret saying that. <laughs> Just immediately. Anyway. So, yeah. This is this is like all the build up to like, the original Black Panther. Then obviously we see Black Panther... We see T'Challa's performance in it. We see, you know, yeah. you know, him coming back in Infinity War and Endgame. And we were sold on we've got a Black Panther to last us for a decade at least before he's gonna retire from the role and, and carry on. And that was immediately cut short. Yeah. Uh so it was I believe colon cancer. Yes. So um 
we have had friends that have faced this before. Um, around about the same time. Roughly around the same time. Um, and, yeah, this, is, this isn't this is a joke. I mean, this is definitely something, again, you should go get checked out. I mean, I, I, I want to go get checked out as myself. Uh, you're getting probably close to the age that you should be thinking about it pretty soon as well. So make sure you go get that checked out. It's the fact that Chadwick Boseman was silently struggling with this, too, that really yeah. gets me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so all that to say, they had to flip the direction of where they were going to go with Wakanda Forever. Um, maybe some decisions they made with Wakanda Forever, uh, they weren't planning on making with the Black Panther franchise for years. Mm-hmm. Like they were probably weren't going to do some of these decisions for years down the road, and they had to all of a sudden change course and and do something different. Some of it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Uh, there, there's one I think one that you're thinking of mm-hmm. uh, that like we'll bring up here in a little bit, but uh, it actually I was thinking about this. This falls like right in line with what Marvel is currently doing right now. Anyways, I was like, well, that works. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, so yeah, moving into this movie, they took some time to really think about what they're doing, put it together, uh, and the marketing on this has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like we had, we oh, as the audience, trailer? well before that, oh, we okay. as the audience had no idea what was going on. Yeah, like we had no idea. Like how are the like we were told that they were planning on not bringing back T'Challa. Like they weren't going to recast T'Challa. Yeah. So that's all we knew for the most part. Like how are they going to do Black Panther? Much to the chagrin of some people on the internet. Yeah. Uh, like was it his brother? I believe something like that. One of, of his family. One of his family members was like that was saying that Chadwick Boseman isn't like ego driven. He wouldn't want this character to die with him. Yeah. He would want this character to continue on. But the problem is is what what works for the story, not what works for the yeah. character. And I, like I I can see both sides of that and like honestly, I think I would like I would have been fine no matter what they did. Yeah. If they had recasted it, uh, I, it's another trust Marvel situation where like yes, you're up against the wall on a very unfortunate situation you have to make one of two decisions whichever one you make i as a consumer as a viewer of your of your movies i'm choosing to be okay with whatever they decide not that my opinion or anything that the millions of people who go to the theaters to watch these movies not that any of their opinions actually matter or dictate anything that they do maybe to some degree but yeah, I just I I'm choosing for my own self to say I trust whatever decision they want to make. Mm-hmm. And usually whatever decision they want to make, some people's opinions on certain products and Disney Plus shows or whatever aside, usually whatever decisions they make, I'm always on board with. Yeah. I mean again, for the most Except part for Lo- Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> Thor Love and Goat Screams. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Anyway, so they move forward with this. We finally got, like, the first trailer, and, yeah, I mean, we said it. Everywhere that we've had a camera on us talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, we are always talking about that first trailer. It's like, so I good. wish they would make, like, an Oscar award it's for so trailer good. production. Um, yeah, the way it was fi- not filmed, I mean, they just edited the it together. together but, yeah. yeah, the way it was edited, the sound, the music the, choice. The music choice, I think that was where they used a, a cover of uh, No Woman, No Cry. Just oh, so good. Like, that got your tears flowing for those people who yeah. cried. We turn on the trailer and I'm already like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like within like five <laughs> seconds in, you're already, <laughs> you're already gone. Uh, yeah. 
That's gonna that's gonna be a repeated thing, by the way. That's gonna come back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very emotional, very moving, and still didn't really reveal anything. Mm-hmm. We saw like a brief glimpse of like the Black Panther with the claw and everything at the end, but very you end, still yeah. really couldn't tell. I know, like, like okay, they're gonna include a Black Panther still. Everyone online, like, pretty much ever since the the news of Chadwick Boseman passing, everyone online has been like, well, how are they gonna do this? Are they gonna make? Are they gonna follow the comic books and make Shiri the Black Panther? Right. Are they gonna make M'Baku Black Panther? Or Nakia. Could, Nakia. I mean, could they? She's fantastic. Could they potentially bring back Killmonger and make Killmonger like? Black Panther, like he's come to his senses, or death has taught him something. Yeah, like there's so many different ways it could have gone, and yeah. like I was actually kind of like, I like the idea of the Killmonger one. Bring him back. Yeah. Now that basically after the end of the first Black Panther, that's what they were wanting to do is share their resources with the world. That's kind of what Killmonger was wanting. He was wanting it all more of a he's a bit more aggressive, aggressive with it. Yeah. Yeah. But like maybe he if. Wakanda can move forward by sharing resources. Maybe he can back up on his aggression a little bit, and they just come to an a even idea about it. There's a difference between like sharing resources and being a a you know a, a place that gives help and benefit versus being a conqueror and trying yeah. to stand over everybody else and just stay on top type situation. So we got the trailers. Uh, trailers really didn't give anything away. I would say, like, the first thing that it really... Gave, it told us the tone. It kind of gave us a hint as to what the tone of the movie was, and I think it nailed it. Yeah. I think it does nail the tone of the movie perfectly. The only thing I feel like really gave something away was, like, of course, this is, like, normal now, but, like, the product images of, like, the toys, like the Legos and Funkos were kind of the ones who were like, uh, we're kind of able to tell who's very likely Black Panther. This, this is also movie. why I don't look up toy stuff. Yeah, before the movie and, comes out. and unfortunately, I'm a collector. I like a lot of these cool, shiny toys, so I'm going to run into it. I can't avoid it. So, Because mm-hmm. you're looking at other stuff, and that, that stuff just gets put in front of your face regardless. Yeah. Hey, while you're looking at this, check out this one. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Um, so this movie, this, this movie is, is something that we didn't know a whole lot going into it, and I think that is to its benefit, to its credit, because there there's something that how curiosity drives attention mm-hmm. a little bit. And, you know, here's the thing. It's it's a, it's the next Marvel movie. Going to see it anyway. It's a sequel to Black Panther, one of Marvel's, in my opinion, one of Marvel's best movies. Uh, it's been the only one that was uh, nominated for Best Picture. Right. Yeah. It's, so that so, says something. So, yeah, if you take that into consideration, yeah. I would say it's one of Marvel's best movies. So I'm going to go see the sequel anyway, no matter what. And then on top of that, you've got the fact that we don't know where the story's going to go, what direction this is going to go in uh, due to real-life events and what happened. Yeah. So that sparks curiosity. I want to know where the story's going to end up. Yeah. Um, so we get to the movie. We, I know we did our review already, so we, we kind of we kind of given our uh, a lot of spoiler-free thoughts mm-hmm. to, to the degree. Uh, we both love it. We both liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is the second my my second favorite movie in Phase Four. I'm gonna need to watch it again. I do want to watch it as soon as it hits Disney Plus. I want to watch it again. So like I, I kind of agree with you. I know like your favorite out of Phase Four was No Way Home. Absolutely. But there's a difference here. No Way Home is a fun movie. Like and you can see some of these like with how Marvel has been doing movies lately. They yeah. make the movie that's fun 
and then they make the movie that's like serious. Say so like uh, or Love and Thunder was a fun movie, was and then Wakanda fun. Forever falling serious. Out. Serious, yeah. Uh, Eternals, serious movie. Yeah. Uh, Shang Chi. Uh, it's kind of both. Kind actually, of both, but I think Shang Chi was more on the fun side. Black, yeah. Black Widow, a little bit serious. more on the serious side. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, like they no, know the line. No Way Home was more of a fun, entertaining movie. Yeah. While this one, Wakanda Forever, definitely is the more serious, moving forward at least with the story of how Wakanda is going to move forward within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then, of course, introducing Namor and... Namor. Namor and (laughs) Talokan and and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, so I would say let's let's get into talking about the movie. If you haven't seen the movie yet, go see the movie. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to probably spoil it, very likely. So... We're gonna dive. We're gonna dive right on in. Dive into the deep end of. Dive into the water ta- of Talo Talo. I I I, Talocon. I I still don't know. Is the Talocon people or is the is the place actually called Talocon? So I've seen the movie. I yeah. promise I've seen the movie. So the place is Talocon. Okay. Um. So originally, I guess we'll dive into this here. <laughs> dive. Like we're gonna we're making this pun, but we're not doing all one dive into the best review of your life. Um, originally in the comics, it is the city of Atlantis. Yeah, they changed it in the movie because conflict with Aquaman. DC got there first and has already set up Aquaman as the king of uh, Wakanda, the king of Atlantis. Which way to go, DC! I can't believe they hit something first (laughs) before Marvel could do it. That's surprising. Uh, but I like I like this the shift that Marvel had to do. Um, even though like I didn't know anything about Talicon, yeah. I still don't know anything about Talicon actually. Uh, I just know it was the name for Atlantis in the movie. Now the the MCU's version of Atlantis. Um, it's like how uh, in the first Black Panther, uh, Claw was calling Wakanda essentially El Dorado, but instead of being in South yeah. America. It was in Africa. You, like, damn near quoted the movie right there. <laughs> I recently watched Black Panther before seeing the sequel. Yeah. Again, I think that's when he's talking to Ross, when yeah. Ross is interrogating him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I I like that they, they changed that, and it made sense, and it fit. On top of that is changing, basically changing the ethnicity of Namor. Mm-hmm. From um, whatever he was in the comics. Essentially, he was white. Basically, he, he was Namor McKenzie. Like he was one of those one of those that had like a white one white parent, and then like the other parent was from Atlantis. In this in this movie, yeah. in this storyline, he is uh, he's coming from like a Mayan Aztec type of heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the jewelry that he wears, uh, the language that they speak, I believe, is Mayan. Is a form of Mayan yeah. in this movie, so yeah, they're they're drawing a lot of inspiration from that, which fits very well. Mm-hmm. And again, like I think we talked about this before in the review, is that imagining how Namor would look on the big screen with the little tiny swimming speedo trunks and the flappy wings, the, on the, the green short shorts, and the flappy wings on the ankles, like it's gonna look stupid. Uh, he's a goofy looking guy. No, they pulled it no. off, uh, and I like it. Did you give him a very royalty flair, which is what he needed. Did you notice that he also got, like, an introducing credit in this? Mm-hmm. And, like, introducing uh, Tenoch Huerta. Tenoch Huerta. Yeah. Uh, which is, okay, so also funny. First of all, it wasn't, typically when they get introducing, it's because it's their first movie. This wasn't yeah. his first movie. He was in, like, a Purge movie before. Okay, so, yeah, this was his first movie. <laughs> the Forever Purge. Um, but 
I forgot what I was saying about that. <laughs> hey, you should do one of those situations like I do where you're like, what am I saying? What am I saying? I don't yeah. know what I'm saying. Okay, I don't know. Cool. Cool. Okay. All right. Oh, I know what I'm saying. Uh, no, so what I thought was funny is I'm seeing this, watching like everyone's reviews are talking about this online. Yeah. When they're going to mention him, uh, like everyone's having an issue with like his first name and not so much trying to pronounce the last name. Huerta. Yeah. I was like, well, we're in Texas, so I mean, I, I see that easily. Huerta. Yeah. Huerta. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, that, the casting for him was fantastic. I loved him as a... Funny thing, though... Oh, he did such a good job. He didn't know how to swim. That's <laughs> hilarious. He had to learn how to swim for this role. Huh. Which, I think that's actually probably, like, the one skill that if you don't know how to do it, takes you, like, 2.5 seconds to learn how to do it. That's not something that you have to spend months or years... I think swimming is not that hard. It's the treading water part that is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But I mean, even that. I mean, those. If you if you have the time, which an actor usually does, look at how quickly like they're able to bulk up muscle for roles and stuff. They're paid enough to be able to take the time to do stuff like this. Yeah, stuff like how to swim and how to tread water and stuff. You got that down probably like in a week, something like so, that. Like consistent, like daily. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I like what they did with him. Um. I really do want to kind of like dive into some actual spoiler stuff. I know a lot of what we just mentioned really kind of still constitutes as non-spoiler. Doesn't really like spoil well, much at all. I was thinking like just going in through the movie, kind of like our our memory of how the movie played out. Yeah. So what you start at the beginning of it. The beginning of it starts with the the funeral, or actually no, sorry, the beginning of it starts with. So are we diving into spoilers or no? Yes. Okay. Yes. Just to double check, make sure you go see the movie. Before you listen to the rest of this part. Until then, if you want to hop up on our Patreon and support anything that we're doing here, it's patreon.com slash cinefanatics. This is the ad space that we usually put in time here to let people click off the podcast or click off the video. You know, that kind of stuff. You can go check that out. Support us. There's multiple tiers there you can choose from. Helps all, helps us out at every single tier. We have some ideas floating around. We might add some more stuff to that later. Uh, thank you. Please and thank you. Very kind. Yes, you're, you're a wonderful human for doing that. Um... Other stuff, too. I mean, we support us in all different ways. Watch on YouTube, subscribe. Okay, now that you've clicked off because I bored you with ads about ourselves, uh, let's talk some spoilers, for sure. That's for sure, we're guaranteed. This is the spoiler section. Yeah. Uh, so everybody is non-existent by the end of this movie, and I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, Thanos came back, came back, snapped everyone away. Batman died. Like, I know. <laughs> what the heck was Batman doing this movie? <laughs> that, was the, that was the craziest part for me. Um... So the movie opens up with everyone's like, Shuri is frantically trying to figure out how to say T'Challa. I'm already going to cry thinking about it again. Yeah, so we're already like, we're, we're already in it. We know that we know that T'Challa has some kind of sickness, some kind of disease of some sort, illness yeah. of some sort. Um, they really don't say what it is. No, they kept it very vague intentionally. And I think, I think we're all thinking the same thing, that that scene feels a lot like they are just directly talking about Chadwick Boseman at that point. Almost. Uh, also keeping in mind, like, everything that's going in, in in regards to this at this time, that you still have, like, the COVID pandemic is still very prominent when mm -hmm. this was being filmed. Yeah. Uh, which, all the stuff regarding, like, Sherry, Letitia Wright, her opinion, I'm not going to cover that. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up. Yeah. Uh, that's not the, the, nothing to do with this podcast right now. So moving past that, just in case you were wanting to hear something about that, no. Um, but yeah, all of that was still prevalent right now with this. Yeah. 
and then of course, like they left it vague that it could have been something he picked up, or yeah, it, it very likely it could have been colon cancer, a form of cancer that I mean, as they described in the movie, their technology, the stuff that they've learned with vibranium, it wasn't able to fix whatever was going on with them. Yeah, or with the uh, the heart shaped herb, but they're she was trying to synthesize a new heart shaped herb mm-hmm. to kind of help combat it, and it just. There was nothing. There's nothing that she was able to do. So they move from that. They go on to saying that he's passed. It immediately cuts to like the funeral procession. Everyone, like everyone's celebration. In, everyone's in white. It's a celebration of his life. Yeah. They're carrying the door. Milage is carrying the casket down the the middle of the street. Everyone in the movie theater is <laughs> has no dry eyes at all. Everyone, yeah, and. I told it's, you it's come back. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The way they handled that, like I, I want to know who's the person who decides, like, hey, by the way, when they have a funeral, everyone should be wearing white. Like that's a choice, and it works so well. There's also things I mean to keep in mind is like part of like real life culture, yeah, various cultures within the uh, within Africa. Did they um, did they grab any of this from African cultures? I imagine a lot of it is derived from various African cultures, so they can try to keep it realistic as possible. Yeah. Uh, so you have that. They have the moment where the uh, the casket is is sent up into one of their ships, and the ship flies off, and I don't think we know what happens to it. I don't remember. Go away. Yeah. Um, and then, then they do something that is absolutely amazing. And that, uh, this is the part that I think I was about to like essentially lose it. Now, like even now remembering it, I'm starting to get choked up now is it went straight into the Marvel Studios logo silently, silently. And it did what it it did in the logo, what they did on Disney plus after Chadwick's passing, uh, where they replaced the logo in front of Black Panther on Disney plus with, one that is dedicated to Chadwick Boseman, and it's all images and shots of, of him as T'Challa. It's almost the same as what they did with uh, Stan Lee with Stan and, and Captain Marvel. Yeah, same kind of, same kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, like showing all of those images, that's right. Like even the Stan Lee one and Captain, Captain Marvel, I was getting choked up on mm-hmm. as well. This one, again, same thing. It was completely dead quiet. The theater was dead quiet. Well, actually, I think some pe- there were people in the, I think in our theaters that were like, yes. They were quietly doing it, but they were I, they were cheering on the that logo popped up, and the only sound of the theory was me going, "Oh God, yeah, <laughs> God." <laughs> like that's 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 the prevalent sound in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then it comes back. It jumps to one year later, and essentially uh, we're we're kind of diving into this conflict of Shiri is not ready to actually let go mm-hmm. of the idea that her brother has passed away. She's uh, struggling hard, yeah. Uh, she, she's not wanting to burn her ceremonial robes that you have that, that by tradition you have to burn, and that says you're accepting of him passing. It's the end of the grieving process, yeah. And then we see, uh, like, Ramonda is at, like, a UN meeting or something, I might be jumping ahead. I might not be remembering exactly yeah. the right moments, but she's talking about how her family, her, her family's gone. She's, um, she's at the so she's at the UN meeting, and they are uh, pushing her despite the recent uh, loss of of her son, um, like the year before, and like obviously we know the loss of her husband before that. They're grilling her and pushing her on the fact that Wakanda was 
was they were they were being told that Wakanda was going to start giving more resources and stuff to the world, and they hadn't seen anything yet. All they know is that Wakanda is sitting on this vibranium, this technology that could be detrimental to the entire world, and they're not sharing it yet. Mm-hmm. And so they are pushing her and, and getting angry at her. Meanwhile, these countries are trying to figure out ways to invade or find find that material. Uh, we see scenes of a of a Wakandan uh, outreach program, essentially students or whatever, uh, learning different things. They're on this boat. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's a CIA, but somebody I think some like American mil- militaristic personnel try to come in, try to take over. Kind of like the beginning of uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And they've got they've already got star. members of the Dormelage on the boat as a defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to that UN meeting though, and Ramonda brings in the mercenaries who were who were invading the boat to sit in front of the entire UN, going, "This is unacceptable." Y'all are not going to do this. Just because we lost the Black Panther does not mean we are not able to defend ourselves. Yeah. And I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, I found myself doing that a lot with uh, with Angela Bassett throughout this movie. Anytime yeah. she spoke, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, you're right. Um, you're right. <laughs> so this, this outpost gets attacked. We don't know exactly who. I mean, obviously, we, the audience, know it's the... Namor's people, um, but yeah, they get attacked. There's this whole thing going on. We come back. Ramonda and Shiri has this like this moment between the two of them out in the middle of nowhere in Wakanda, uh, which like Wakanda all of a sudden became like this. Uh, it became about as watery in Wakanda as like Venice, <laughs> like with all the canal. Like, did you notice how much more water there was in Wakanda all of a sudden because of this movie? Welcome to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, plus water. <laughs> so, uh, like, everywhere they go, there's, like, water adjacent, like, easily able to get to them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I was watching that, and my first thought was uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, the way of water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, this, this is what Avatar's trying to do. Uh, anyway, so Namor comes out from the water uh, and talks to... We'd like Ram- to form an alliance. Yeah, Ram- Ramonda and Shuri, um, basically explaining that he is Namor, uh, that his name is like... Kukurkan. Uh, yeah. That's what the his, people call him. His name is El Nino Sin uh, Amor, uh, the boy without love. So that, like, taking the word Namor from the comics and actually putting, like, again, that Hispanic heritage, Mayan, Aztec spin onto it, mm-hmm. and, and actually refer to him as Namor. Yeah. Like, I kind of like that. I, I, I thought, I thought it was great. great. Yeah, it worked perfectly. Uh, but, yeah, he comes in with, like, the, like, he's kind and gets to the point, but he's also got, like, this threatening ability to him like we have very important we have more people we have a bigger army than you do just keep that in mind and leverage (laughs) we all have strength based on it is based on the plant that they took that uh pushed them to have to live underwater to begin with Mm -hmm. the whole thing there um i don't really want to go like scene by scene throughout this entire movie because i think that's going to take forever but i think what we do is we just kind of Loosely describe the different parts and pieces of it. I think, I think they did they did a lot of like really interesting stuff there in the conflict of who Namor was. With can we what, just call him Namor? <laughs> I'm so used to it being Namor. 
I like seeing it the way the movie said it. <laughs> Namor. Namor. Sounds I, like a soap opera. Namor. Namor. It sounds sexy, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, and then, like, the conflict of, like, the stuff that Shuri was still going through and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there was a device that was seeking out vibranium in the movie. Uh, this device was created by Riri Williams. Yeah. Uh, who was, I think, going to MIT. MIT, yeah. yeah. So I wonder, like, if... Following the footsteps of Tony Stark. Well, yeah, following the footsteps of Tony Stark, and then also just so happens to be at MIT, and I don't know what this timeline, with it skipping ahead a year or so, is this roughly going to be around the time, like, maybe when they do the Ironheart Disney Plus show, is Riri going to run into Ned and... Uh, Peter Parker? No. Well, no, not Mary Jane. <laughs> MJ. MJ. Michelle Jones. Michelle Jones. Uh, is he, yeah, is, is Riri going to run into them? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. We're setting up this, like, whole MIT group or whatever for, like, an MIT spinoff of in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, right. uh, yeah, that whole thing going after Riri, I love that because they also bring back in uh, uh, Everett Ross yeah. from this. Which I love. I love Sherry is constantly referring to him as like her favorite colonizer. I'm like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I get to go see my favorite colonizer. Plus later when they like, when they like arrest him and Akoi is like, oh, the colonizer in chains. I never thought I'd see that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I, I know there's people online that don't like the fact that they're referring to him yeah, as colonizer, yeah, but you know, it, it's fun. Deal with it. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Show us, show us where the joke hurts you. Yeah. Show us where the joke is hurting you. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, I, I liked everything with that. Uh, let's talk about Ross for a second here. He was married to Val. Yeah. So they said that. I remember watching this movie. Not that long ago. I remember watching this movie, and she was like, "We were married," and I'm like, "But hold on, pause." Pause. Stop. Let's get back to the movie here in a second. Excuse me. What? What? <laughs> Who? Come again? Uh, Valentina say what? In the comics, she had a relationship with Nick Fury. In the like happened. the the regular, not the Ultimate comics, where Nick Fury was yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> where he was just Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, beforehand he had uh, the two of them had a relationship, so they made it in this one where Valentina has a relationship with Ross. Uh, which was interesting. Nice little twist. A choice. A lot of we got a lot of Valentina in this movie, though. This is the most screen time I think that she's gotten in anything any Marvel yeah. product so far. She's usually only popped in for like a cameo or like an exposition dump on something, and then yeah. like, hey, I'm setting up the Thunderbolts. Move on. Um, but yeah, she actually got like a predominant role in this movie, and I thought she I thought she did really good. I liked her role in this. Yeah, it was definitely a, a lot more toned down than some of her other appearances where she was a little bit more slaps, not slapsticky, but a little bit more snarky. Yeah, she was a little bit more snarky, a little bit more sarcastic and everything. This one, she had that edge still, but she was a little bit more straightforward mm-hmm. with a lot of what she was she was doing here, which is which is good. Uh, I just like uh, like watching this and going back like this is Julia Louise Dreyfus from Seinfeld. This is Elaine. Yeah, all the goofiness that Elaine did in that show, and now she's like so serious and purple hair. Yeah, like it's so funny. Uh, Great yeah. casting again. But so yeah, we got the plot of the movie. It's essentially. Namor is trying to get Riri. Um, he wants to get rid of her, get her out of there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, Shuri and Akoya are like, oh, hold on, man, let's, let's, let's take a step back for a second. Let's actually think about this. Let's maybe solve this diplomatically. And he was like, no, as long as these people exist who can you know, hunt down and find Vibranium, we're all in danger. And so that was the whole conflict is they're trying to... They're, it, it's him trying to get at uh, Riri. And that puts both Wakanda and Talakon and conflict with each other. Yeah. Um, I also like the whole thing that Namor was saying uh, to Ramona and Shiri, like, don't tell anyone about us. I was like, that was a nice little... Because th- every problem that they've encountered pretty much at the beginning of this movie could have been resolved of like, hey, we got the... Talacon, the Talacon people. The Talacon people. Yeah, we got these people, like, threatening us, so we need to be able to do this. But they weren't, because Namor said don't do that, that stopped them from being able to do that. And that, it it made a nice, like, little conflict that we have to work around in the story. And I thought that worked pretty well. Yeah. um, There's also some, like, other parts. Most of the parts that I want to talk about are, like, more towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I was like, go back real quick with Riri. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting her up, obviously, as the replacement of Tony Stark. She is yeah. a very intelligent uh, MIT student. She's developing her own weapons. Obviously, this thing that can detect vibranium. Uh, she's been working on like a suit of armor herself. Um, I do want to cover that, the second suit, the mock. The Mark II Ironheart. First of all, they don't ever actually refer to her as Ironheart. No. Uh, so they're saving that for the show. Yeah. Uh, Someone's going to bestow that name upon her, I'm sure. In our, our original review, I said like some of the CGI on some like the costuming and stuff looked a little wonky. This is where it looked wonky. The Mark II Ironheart costume looked like a action figure. Kind of. <laughs> it looked like a giant action figure you would play with. Unlike the Iron Man armor has actually looked realistic. Mm-hmm. This one... Look, she she kind of reminded me. I was getting vibes of like Baymax from Big Hero Six. Yeah, I can see that. Like when he's in his red armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that a little bit. Um, I think that's just I don't know. I don't know what you chalk it up to. Obviously, there was the whole ordeal over like the CGI artists and stuff with Marvel and that all kind of blew up online. And yeah, I don't know if that was like a design choice. Like it might be. More than likely, she's going to get new armor in her own show, and it will probably look more like an actual like Tony Stark Iron Man armor. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a CGI artist. I don't do CGI. So I'm sure it was fine, actually. <laughs> I have no foot to stand I on. have nothing to go off of other than, <laughs> hey, I'm presented with something in a movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, I think that was it as far as, like, most of the characters. Uh, the only other character, like, I do kind of want, well, there's two more that I still think we want to touch upon real quick before you, before we get back into, like, actual sure. story stuff at the end. Uh, M'Baku, Winston Duke was so good in this. He is always, like, great. Like, everything I've seen him in, he's been phenomenal at. Yeah, I'm honestly, at this point, uh, constantly sold for anything that Winston Duke might be a part of. Uh, there was a scene in this, I think it was closer towards the end when they're all like gathering together. It was the scene where when Shiri first announces that she's Black Panther, when she shows up in the costume. Yeah. M'Baku is walking around this like little meeting and stuff and trying to hype up people or plan something out. And you notice that while he's walking around, he's sitting there like chewing on carrots. Kind yeah. of like throw back to the first movie where he's like, we're I'm just kidding, we're all vegetarians. Yeah, we're all vegetarians. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was so good. <laughs> just snacking on some carrots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, there is, 
you know, the whole order of the movie coming to the point where Shuri realizes that in order to stop Namor and what, what he's doing with, you know, invading and everything, like, I think, I believe that he actually full on, yeah, so he full on invades Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Like, Wakanda gets in the way, Shuri, Okoye, they all get in the way. He full-on invades Wakanda, uh, floods it. It's, some, it's a storyline, a loose interpretation of a storyline that I believe happened in the comics um, coming in. And it's essentially a threat. What is it? Is it... Was it, I think, either Riri or Shuri was uh, essentially drowning or something at that point. Riri. I believe it and was with Ramonda. With, and Ramonda went after her. Yes, Ramonda was per, was protecting Riri. Right. So Ramonda uh, essentially trades her life, basically, for Riri. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out that Ramonda essentially drowns in place of Riri saving her life. And so now Shuri has lost literally every member of her family. Her father, yeah. her brother, her mother. Yeah, all of them gone. And that's about the point also in the movie where we're like... Can this family just survive, please? Yes. Can we just stop? Please stop killing off the members. Please, of this I just family. want this family to survive something. Yeah, God. And it really does a good job of like making you feel empathy for Shuri because in that position, what is going through her head? It's not trying to be diplomatic anymore. Yeah. It's now look. That was the last surviving member of my family. The last person who knew me. The last person who understood anything about me. That's uh, something that she was uh, saying to M'Baku. She was the last one here that knew me. And now the only thing in her head is vengeance, essentially. In which case, we now have the scene where she takes the heart-shaped herb, which we know uh, leads people into the ancestral plane, Mm -hmm. as we've gotten that image before in Black Panther, in the first one. But in the ancestral plane, they usually they usually meet with somebody that they have connected with in some way. They're close to or have sim- similar ideology, I guess, to. Uh, T'Challa met with uh, his dad, his father. Yeah. Um, and Killmonger met with his father. Yeah. Well, Shuri in this one, we were hit. This was hidden from us in the trailer because we saw the scene in the trailer with like the throne room on fire. They actually edited them out. Mm-hmm. Killmonger was the one sitting in the throne, but he was edited out of the trailer. So she's actually meeting with and talking to Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger, in this movie, which was such a such a cool, unique like way to still include him and have him be a part of the storyline. Because you would think naturally that you would think she would be talking to T'Challa or T'Challa or Ramona at least. But because of her her now her mental state where she's at it made more sense for her to talk to Killmonger. Yeah. Because Killmonger was all about essentially vengeance too. Yeah. And that was, that is a conversation that when this hits Disney plus, I want to go back and really like listen to, because that is that conversation. I almost think the rest of the movie is kind of built on top of. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it, it informs what Shuri does from that point going forward. And that is what leads into like some of the key pieces that I really wanted to hit on talking about spoilers of this movie. Mm-hmm. And that I know we're kind of gl- going to gloss over some stuff. We can go back to a couple stuff here and here in a minute, but I want to go to that final fight real quick between her and uh, Namor. Yeah. Because 
she takes what's going through her mind and she stands before Namor with the idea of vengeance. I'm taking you out. You took out my mom. And that was the last person I had left. Uh, you will not threaten the rest of my country. I'm going to essentially kill you. I'm going to kill you if you if you do this. And she she had him basically dead to rights. She had him straight up dead to rights on the ground, pinned to the ground. Namor was out. He was gone. Yeah. And I believe she sees a vision of Ramonda saying, this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. You know this is not who you are. So essentially, the, the talk that she should have gotten in the ancestral plane, she was getting in the last in the last second, the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. She was getting that conversation in the bottom of the ninth. Is that a soccer reference? Yes. <laughs> no, it's actually basketball. Uh, she was getting that conversation in, in the bottom of the ninth, and, and she was sitting there pinning Namor, and she was like, I'm done. She basically did the, I'm done letting vengeance control me. Yeah, the same exact conversation that T'Challa had with Zemo. Zemo, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. (laughs) It was good. It was really good. And I was like, that's great. Like, of course, here's the thing. Usually when you watch a movie, you're watching the main character learn a lesson, go through a struggle, and in the second movie... They shouldn't have to go through that same lesson, that same struggle again. They're going through a new lesson or a new struggle. If it's a completely different person. But if it's a completely different person, and they're kind of calling back to that that initial struggle from before, because, I mean, that's what T'Challa went through. He lost his dad. He went through the whole vengeance uh, thing and then, you know, became better from it. That's essentially what Shuri's had here. She, she lost her mom, went through the whole vengeance thing, and came out the other side actually better not letting it control her or, or, you know, keeping her struggling. I I really liked it because in sparing Namor's life at that point, she showed she showed strength. She showed she was the bigger person in this case. Mm-hmm. And it was something that Namor couldn't help but respect. Obviously, we can't also kill off Namor because he's an important character and is going to have some importance in future movies. Yeah. He's a he's a main character. He's he's got main character energy for a reason. Yeah. Also, he's a mutant. Yeah, that was. I feel like that was kind of like forced when they said like. Didn't he say that like I'm a mutant? Like, yeah. It, it, I don't know if it was forced. It was just it was just it was just thrown out there and moved on from it. It was kind of nonchalant. Yeah. Which the thing is, is the word mutant, as far as we know in the MCU, really doesn't mean anything yet. We haven't established. We've heard it twice, but it's been both times have been very like nonchalant, like oh mutant. Okay, moving on. Planting some seeds. Like I want to hear like someone needs to be coming out pretty soon, like an official doctor, scientist, whatever. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Gardening. Uh, yeah, audio listeners, you didn't see that, so um, like we need someone, someone official to come out and announce what a mutant is and how mutants exist. And start planting the seeds as to why we don't like mutants, but we're okay with, like, anyone else who happens to have superpowers. We're okay with, like, Thor, Captain America, or something like that. The people have powers, whether they, they're natural powers bestowed the upon scientific them. scientific or, or they come from somewhere yeah. completely different. So why are we okay with them, but we're not okay with mutants who because are born with the powers? Like, we are not down with people who are born different. 
Yeah. Right? Yes, what the X-Men represent, right? So, I want to get to that. I want, like, just throwing out the word mutant nonchalant just feels really weird. But I think it's going to also show why Namor is probably going to be at the forefront of not being accepted by the world community. Yeah. When When it comes out to the more popular world that he exists type of thing. And that's going to be... Very likely, that will be after they've started some form of establishing the X-Men in the MCU, I I would think. That's a side note. I wonder if he's actually going to be the kickoff reason why we start looking for and finding out about mutants. I don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah, because Namor, uh, if I remember correctly, Namor really doesn't have that much to do with the X-Men. I think Xavier reached out to him a couple of times, like, hey, you're a mutant, come join us. No, but keep in mind, we're living in a universe where everything's connected. Yeah. So, he might not necessarily in the comics, but he could be a kickoff reason as to why we're looking at mutant stuff now. So, um, so this movie, regardless, there is... I, I love what they did with that, that kind of callback to uh, T'Challa's journey. Yeah. Um, I think that was great. I also, I'm also very fascinated by the fact that by the end of the movie, we realized Shuri's not taking the throne. She's not going to be queen of Wakanda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She left it up to... Yeah, there's a lot of points I want to make, too. <laughs> yeah. So they did, they did the whole... Uh, what, was the, what was that scene called? What was, what was the, uh, the... The challenge at the, the challenge. waterfall. The challenge yeah, at there's, the waterfall. There's a name for it. I saw somewhere that there was like an official name for that yeah. ceremony, but... Uh, we go to the do the challenge again, which we assume means that Shuri's going to have the hardship herb stripped from her, and she's going to have to physically fight and defend for the throne, essentially. And, you know, everyone's all ready for Shuri to show up, and then out of the plane, nope, Mbaku, mm-hmm. with no challenger. And he's like, and no one's challenging, guess what? It me. Uh, which, it me. here's the thing, I think, like, the way that this story is going, all the characters, I think everyone actually would be okay with that. Let M'Baku be king. Mm-hmm. Shuri is still going to be the Black Panther for right now. So we're, we're in a position where we're not going to have the king of Wakanda be, also be the Black Panther. We've now separated yeah. them. Uh, which is going to be, because that means, this will probably come back it's, later, but... It's, it's good, because that means, uh, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if need be, Shuri can hop on a plane and head out. And doesn't need to be ruling over Wakanda and can be released to go do Avenger-like duties somewhere well, else. M'Baku can stay behind and do diplomatic stuff in regards to Wakanda. And, and I think logistically that just makes the most sense because yeah. I always wondered, like, watching, say, like, some Avengers cartoons or reading comics, like, so T'Challa, being the king of Wakanda, is able to just kind of get away every now and then and go do superhero stuff? It's like, think about it, like, in the case of, like, here in the United States... Our president is not going to throw on a super suit and go fight crime. No. I mean, if our, if our president had, like, superpowers embedded it's into them from, from a plant, from a, a supernatural or, you know, whatever plant, yeah, and they had the ability to do that, yeah, I still don't see that happening. I don't see the leader of a country. I mean, obviously, the, so obviously there are some countries where the leadership does do, like, they, they are in the army, or they, they will serve at the front lines. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens as much now um, as it has in the past. I think we heard about that recently with, like, the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, that mm-hmm. the presence of Ukraine was actually out fighting, too, I believe. So, I mean, there is there's well, aspects. Also a voice actor. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's aspects where that is a thing, but I know, like, in the past, the leader was always on the front lines, kind of leading and paving the way. So just for something funny, I don't, I don't mean for this to be like a side tan- tangent at all for us to dive into, but 
Think about like any of like the most recent presidents of the United States being a superhero. Nope. <laughs> some they're of that. all over seventy. <laughs> well, there's that too, but also some of those would be really funny. They they are all. <laughs> I mean, our current president is literally Captain America at the end of Endgame. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Hey, Mr. Biden, do you want to go? Uh, <laughs> no. Do you want to go fight some crime? No, I don't think I, I don't will. Think I will. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the fabulous powers. We have all the best superpowers. All right. <laughs> like, that was the first one I thought of. Like, regardless of your opinion of that person, that's still a funny all idea. Their powers are covered in gold. <laughs> it's still a funny idea. Um, no, so coming back real quick, I, I do want to touch upon a little bit more on Ramonda, yeah. on Angela Bassett. Give that woman the Oscar. Uh, At least give her a nomination. Yeah, what she did her. in this movie, she she was phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, I, I want to see nominations go out for her on so, this. I mean, we got a supporting actress award for her here, maybe. Yeah, um, just give her at least a nomination. Just off of that one scene where she's in the throne room talking to all the other Wakandan leaders, and mm-hmm. she's like, uh, at this point in the story, Namor has taken Shuri, so we are led to believe that it's Shuri doesn't exist. And the, she's shot like, from, the shot from the trailer. Yeah, and she's like, I've lost everyone in my family. Like, oh my god, give her the award just now. Yeah, because that was the moment in the trailer when we were watching the trailer. I was like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so That was the sound I made there. Yeah, good job. Uh, <laughs> that's for the audio listeners. I'm getting literally choked up, but not for the reasons you think. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Her, Phenomenal. Uh, the other thing, let's go back and look at real quick, was uh, the end, the end credits, or mid-credits oh, scene. There wasn't a post-credits. Yes, the, mid, the mid-credits scene. Because um, we haven't talked about Nakia yet here either. No, we haven't. Uh, Nakia, who's been away for six years, I think five of those, of course, being... She was blipped. blipped. I don't think... It doesn't sound like she was blipped. I think that she was still alive during that six years. I think she said that she was blipped. Okay, well... Either way, she's been gone from Wakanda for six years. Yeah. Uh, one of those was the year that from T'Challa's passing on. Yeah. And we know from the movie, and as they discussed in the movie, she was not at the celebration. She was not at the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we find out that she's been over in uh, Haiti. Yes. She's been in Haiti and kind of doing like a, a learning program for, for children in Haiti. Uh, so essentially, her and T'Challa created a school, a foundation, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she was just running it. So here's what's interesting. Of course, this is all leading to the post credit of the fact that we find out that Nakia and T'Challa had a son. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about this? I went back and uh, was reading up on this. We actually see the son earlier in the movie. Oh. When they go to get Nakia, when Ramonda and Sherry go to Haiti, mm-hmm. uh, there's like the kids that bring Ramonda in to meet with Nakia. One of those kids is Toussaint, the, oh. the son. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, and I don't know, like, they say at the end that, like, hey, uh, Ramonda's already met her her, her grandchild. grandchild. Yeah. I don't know if that was the moment or had she met him before. Right. Uh, not exactly clear on that, but I just thought that was kind of cool that he was one of the kids that was bringing her in. Um, yeah, I really liked that moment. Also, not for nothing, remember, we hadn't seen the movie yet. Yeah. And I was like, there's a lot of people online talking about recasting T'Challa and they need to, like, recast T'Challa. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? 
there's a world where T'Challa isn't going to be recasted because they're just going to bring in a different T'Challa, not a multiversal T'Challa, which is an idea. They could have done that. They could have had T'Challa from a different universe. I feel like that's kind of a cheap way out. It is stuff. kind of a cheap way out. But what wouldn't be a cheap way out, depending on how you view it, would be what if T'Challa secretly had a son between the events of the first movie and here, and that son, in honor of him, was basically T'Challa Jr. Yeah, because that's what they did in the comics. Yeah. And, you know, I... It just I, so happened to fit. <laughs> we were having a discussion. It's not public anywhere, so mm-hmm. there's no way for any of you people listening or watching to be able to verify. But I, he knows. I definitely said this. There's a chance there's going to be a T'Challa Jr., in this movie. I think that they could do that. And this is where I was saying this kind of actually feeds with the way that the MCU is going right now. Because we're setting up essentially the young Avengers. Look, all your major Avengers have some kind of a protege now. You've got the new Black Widow. You've got uh, the yeah. uh, Hawkeye's protege. Kate Bishop. Kate uh, Bishop. All yeah. of Phase 4 has basically been passing a passing of the mantle, essentially. Yeah. So now we've got, we've all of a sudden got Black Panther's protege, who I'm, I'm guessing we're going to have like some time. We've got to wait for uh, Toussaint to grow. And, and, and we live in a we live in a uh, cinematic universe here where any number of scientific things can happen, especially now that Kang is involved in <laughs> Good time. Point. Time is something that can be fluctuated. Also, with. how often these characters can be recast? How many uh, casting links have we gone through at this point now? I believe we're now at three. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we're we're in a universe where somebody who manipulates time is is a factor. So yeah, we are introduced to a. A young, a young T'Challa Jr., who could inevitably be our next Black Panther, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna stick with Shuri for a little while because I don't think you just want to blow past that and move on. I think you want to like dive into her character and what she's doing. No, they'll end, they'll end up, they'll continue with her being Black Panther. There might be a chance that like Mbaku at some point may also become a Black Panther. I would think, in in some form. Um, I'm, I have a feeling that Black Panther is not going to be fully just on Shiri. There's yeah. gonna, there's going to be like a couple other people that might bounce around playing Black Panther at some point. Black Panther squad. Yeah, uh, that would be what I would what I would believe. Wait, so to. we're just some kind of Black Panther squad? Yeah, <laughs> that's hot. That's hot. Yeah, good job, <laughs> um, Will Smith. And. That we're just gonna end up watching like Toussaint like in the background. Like I do believe they're gonna be leading more to like a Young Avengers, and he'll just be mm-hmm. essentially a side character in that until he develops throughout that to eventually become like they they will probably sit on making a third Black Panther movie until he's old enough to by the end of that movie he may take up the mantle by then. Yeah, I don't think we're getting a, a third Black Panther in Phase Six. I know there's a lot of movies right now that haven't been announced for Phase Six. Yeah, it's going to be a while before. I don't think we're getting Black Panther in Phase 6. I think we are, right now, again, just loosely touching on it, I can see the cinematic universe doing the trilogy of Phases 1 through 3, Phases 4 through 6, Phases 7 through 9. It's like Star Wars. Prequel trilogy, original yeah. trilogy, sequel trilogy. There's going to be like a sequel trilogy of Phases, and I think that's where we get the third Black Panther. God, just thinking, so Wakanda Forever is the 30th movie in the MCU. That's insane. Yeah, there's 30 movies strong in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, this yeah. thing ain't stopping anytime soon. Yeah. But Shuri will show up, like, in Secret Wars, Kang Dynasty. She'll show up here and there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she 
if she shows up in the Ironheart, Ironheart TV show as well. No, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Um, yeah, all that said, I, I think that that post-credit scene or mid-credit scene was very touching. Didn't have Doctor Doom in it. Especially because they did, yeah, didn't have Doctor Doom in it, but understandably, I don't think, after having seen the movie... Um, understanding the tone of the of the film and everything, I don't think I don't really think there was a, a world where you could fit Doctor Doom. And I think it was going and to work. It it work and it be of good taste. I think with yeah. what the what the movie was trying to do because the movie was book ended a celebration of Chadwick Boseman. There was the rest of the movie that happened between, and that was all good. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely bookended by the celebration of Chadwick Boseman. And that that's that leads me to the last point I kind of wanted to make and. It's kind of like a negative, but I don't mean for it to be fully negative. How dare you? Yeah, I know. Is how much of this movie, just watching this movie, how much of it seemingly was still going to exist had Chadwick Boseman still been alive? A large portion of it. I think, I think so. Like, almost everything really involving Namor. Like, it, it kind of feels like the beginning and the end was all about Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa passing away. But the most of the movie still probably would have played out almost exactly the way it did. I mean, of course, obviously not the putting the the mantle of the Black Panther and everything on Shuri's shoulders. And I don't think I don't think T'Challa would have had to relearn his dealings with vengeance. I don't think he would have seen Killmonger. Yeah, they would have changed that to something else that he would have had to deal with, and still would have fit within the storyline of like what Namor was trying to do and whatnot. Uh, but I think that was probably like my only my only real takeaway on it is like well the rest of this movie still would have happened like you feel Chadwick Boseman's presence like at the beginning and at the end but not so much like throughout the middle of the the main story which that's is farther than them bringing it up and talking but, about it but that's okay because at this point I don't we don't need to yeah. hang on T'Challa not being around T'Challa's. Uh, we don't need to be on that throughout the entire movie. We need to be involved with our characters who we have right here in front of us and what their plights are, what their struggles are. And that's why I said like it's like a negative, but not so much, because I don't expect them to do that. No. It just it felt like there was a huge detach from the emotions you had at the beginning of this movie going in to throughout most of the movie and then back to the emotions you have at the very end of the movie. It's, and I and I actually really like that they did it that way. I actually really do. I, I prefer that um, because I think, again, it, it bookends it. It does it nicely. Mm-hmm. We see Shuri finally uh, being able to to you know burn the garments and end her grieving process. Yeah, come to terms with it with so. a, with a nice little flashback to again like our Marvel Studios logo, the shots of of T'Challa. Yeah, and. It's about that point where my eyes started watering up again. 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 Oh, hey, we haven't been wet for like an uh, hour and a half, two hours. And, well, other than if you're watching like a 4D version of the movie and anytime water, water tel- telecon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, we're back to. <laughs> yeah. Again. So I'll, you just wanted to make that sound. I did actually. <laughs> that's, that's literally the whole reason. Um, overall. Excellent, excellent movie. Yeah, it's. I still actually haven't even ranked it on my letterbox, and I still need to. Um, I gave it a four and a half in our review, four and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. It's it's in it's easily within the top. It's probably top five of the year for me right now. Yeah, there's a lot of movies we still haven't seen. A lot of movies we still got to cover before the year's out, but it's it's very high up there. Yeah, 
Uh, anyways, um, I don't think there really is anything else to cover on the movie side of it. Um, other than, hey, they gave Okoye a suit, which is cool, I guess. Yeah, that was, the whole, whatever they were doing with Okoye was just a little strange. Denai Guerrero's queen also. Yeah, I really like her. I like Okoye. I love that character. Um, yeah. Just some of, like, the sidelining they were doing in this movie with her was just, like, a little strange. But I don't know if, like, this was something, like, maybe they're setting her up to learn a lesson about something or another also, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not be as, like, I don't think foolhardy is the word, because mm-hmm. she was, like, going in guns blazing with, like, ah, take care, Sherry, I got this. She was being very, maybe cocky, maybe she was being a little too cocky or overconfident, which you would think she has every right to be. I mean, she's very skillful. She's fought aliens. Yeah. She's stood alongside the Avengers. Yeah. I think she she deserves to be confident. But maybe they were just trying to say, hey, dial it back a little bit. You can still be threatened with some things. We're still, we're a very vulnerable, we're a very vulnerable family, very vulnerable people right now. Don't, don't be waving the princess of Wakanda out and about all over the place. Yeah. Um, so there's that side of it. Uh, other than that, I'm very intrigued to see what they do with uh, Namor going forward. I like what they did with Talakon. I think that they presented a very realistic underwater city, which I thought was really cool. It's very, it's in very much conflict with uh, how Atlantis is presented in Aquaman. Or say how, like, Odagunga is presented in Phantom Yeah, Where you have these underwater cities that are bright, luminescent. Uh, they have, like, bioluminescence to them. Mm-hmm. They are, like, bubbles and whatnot. No, this, just, this city just exists underwater. There is... Only one light source as they recreated some form of the sun underwater. And I was like, man, I would hate to live here. It's very dark. Yeah. It feels very depressing. And then, like, his throne was, like, Megalodon jaws or something like that. Dude's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So. Uh, I want to see more from him, though. We will see more from him. He's going to be a very important character going forward. Uh, so I like I like everything I did with with uh, no more. He's gonna have to uh, hit on Sue Storm at some point in the I future. Don't know. About that. <laughs> that would be awkward. I, I, I said this. I know, like in the comics, there's that that loose connection. I say loose. I don't know if people have actually a pretty deep connection in the comics. But the what I said, what they're gonna do for the MCU, because there's aspects of like spousal abuse or you know, abuse and relationships in the Marvel comics that they haven't dived into in the movies at all. Like, at all. Yeah, mainly, like, Hank Pym. Hank Pym stuff, yeah. They haven't touched on any of that. I think for a good reason. I don't think we need to. I don't think it's necessary or important enough for the characters to be presented that way and to have that stuff present in the MCU. I do think we're going to get a little bit of flirting, though, from Namor to Sue Storm. I think it'll be, like, kiss of the hand, a little nice to meet you. Yeah. And... You, we're going to see Reed be like, hey, 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 hey chill out. And she's going to be like, what? And Namor's going to be like, all right, sorry. Yeah. Well, kind of like the uh, the whole uh, Iron Man doing the demon in a bottle storyline was really just that one scene in Iron Man yeah, 2. Yeah, they really didn't dive into his alcoholism at all in the movies. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, which that would have actually been interesting to see, but... I, I, I can understand. When it you wasn't get, like, necessary. It's not necessary. When you get Disney backing your movies like that, you're probably not going to dive too much into, like, real hard, like, human stuff. 
That comic one, book's fine because you got to stretch out stories yeah. for years and years and decades. And that'd be something that if they were to do like a uh, a grounded Iron Man show, that we would have like a season where he's dealing with that or something like yeah. that. But not, but not like a, a movie two hour. You know, quick flash, flash, boom, pow. We gotta move on superhero stuff. Yeah. We're not gonna dive too deep into that. Not that superhero movies can't dive into those, some of those subjects, but it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. It would just wouldn't work as well. Anyways, so this is, uh, I must say for the podcast, this is kind of like a one-off type of episode. Every once in a while we may dedicate an entire episode of talking about one specific movie. Probably going to be Marvel movies. Uh, well, you, possibly. Uh, I, I More mean, often than not. Not so much that this was a Marvel movie, but just uh, how heavy this movie was. What yeah. this movie meant in terms of movie making and storytelling and where it came oh. from. That's not even to talk about. I know we briefly mentioned in the review, but that's not even to talk about freaking Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Uh, that. Hold up. We got real quick. We got to give props to that man. That yeah. man pulled out a, a lot of stops to be able to turn that story around in the time that he did. Well, he was one like right after Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman's passing. He was one of the people that was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And he was essentially walking away from Marvel and Black Panther altogether because he just he could not face how to do this. Understandable. Um, yeah, because uh, you got to keep in mind, he's worked He's worked with uh, Chadwick Boseman a couple of times now, I believe. He's worked with Michael B. Jordan a couple more, of times. More of Michael B. Jordan, but... but he, I mean, yeah, he's worked with Chadwick Boseman, obviously, on the first Black Panther. Um, they were good friends. They were just good friends. Yeah. So, I, I guess it, it's, it's just an insurmountable task that he had, and the fact that he was able to do it... Like, that's the thing, I was like... If Ryan Coogler is able to turn this story around and make this a good movie without our main hero, without our main character, uh, that man's give that man all the movies. <laughs> you know, yeah, he he's someone that I believe is going to have a really solid directing career ahead of him. He's already had a pretty good one so far. I'm saying going forward, he's going to have an even better, even bigger career. Um, I wonder if that's something, again, we're going to go back and talk about the uh, like the Academy Awards when it comes time for Oscars. Is that something that the Academy is going to look at? Not just in... It's hard to say. When, when you nominate a director for a movie, you are looking at their skills directing that movie. But I is there any it. part of that where you are also taking into account what that person is having to go through personally to to make that movie. I also love to see him get some kind of recognition on the director side and the writing side. Yeah, for this movie. Well, even that's in so much as do we think this movie's also going to get a best picture nomination? I don't think so. It could. I here's the thing. At this point, I would not be surprised if it doesn't. But I think it, it's there's a possibility. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of movies this year that are going to be up there though. So it's it's. They're gonna fill out all ten spots. Yeah, I'm e- I'm eager to see what that what that's gonna look like as we get closer to award season. But yeah, big props to Ryan Coogler. Uh, I cannot imagine the task that he had yeah. to be able to to pull this movie off, and he did such a fantastic job both directing and writing. So yeah. But anyways, yeah, uh, these podcast episodes, uh, when we get like specific movies, if we feel inclined, we may dedicate a whole episode to the movie. Yeah. Um, or we'll just talk about like movies in general different themes or aspects of movie making, something that we feel like can sustain a whole conversation. Mm-hmm. So, 
like I know uh, our topic for the next week's episode, I know it's going to be a lot of fun to talk it's about. a bit of a mystery. It is a bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what that is going to be. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate you guys watching, listening along. If you haven't yet followed us and subscribed in all the various places, I know there's a way to follow and subscribe and sign up on the podcast side. Make sure you do that. Make sure you're rating us on the podcast side. Um, if we're not available on all podcast locations yet, just look harder. We should, (laughs) we should be very soon. Keep looking. Um, so just hang, so keep checking back. If we're not on your favorite podcast, uh, location yet, we should be here pretty soon. As, as we try to figure all that out but yeah just keep just keep looking just keep rating us wherever you can find us on the youtube side of things you know what to do subscribe to the channel if you like what we're doing here if you enjoy this podcast if you enjoy anything we're doing make sure you subscribe make sure you like make sure you comment down below on the youtube video what you thought your own thoughts of wakanda forever what you thought about what we thought about wakanda forever all that stuff we want to hear all of it uh, and then make sure you come back during our live shows. We got live shows on Wednesdays. Tagline that's where we talk about movie news. We cover all the hot topics in Hollywood, more or less, um, on that show. And we do that live so you can join us and kind of give give your thoughts live with us. We've got the Marquee is one of our uh, top shows on the channel, also where we do tier rankings. We've got one of those coming up here. It's the month of Thanksgiving, so we're probably going to be covering some food movies. Movies that deal with a lot of eating because, let's be honest, that's the best part of Thanksgiving, other than the being grateful side of things, I guess. Yeah. And the family talking about politics when you don't want to talk nope. about politics. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> uh, give me some turkey, put it in my face, let me take a nap. So we're going to be doing that on the marquee, ranking, uh, I believe, about 15 or so food-oriented movies. I'm hungry. It's going to be good. Make sure you uh, have a plate of something while you watch that. But other than that, stay tuned to the channel. we got a lot of stuff coming down, a lot of fun stuff happening. And I appreciate you guys watching and hanging out with this one. And this one also. And this one also. That one (laughs) too. You can actually follow us. Make sure you're following us on social media, at MLP on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me specifically, at MLP on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, as well as twitch.tv slash MLP, where I like to stream and play games and stuff. And you can follow me at Robert Adams MLP on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. And you can follow my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at Robert Adams MLP. It's so weird, but whatever. It's part of it. <laughs> I'll do stuff over there, play like some old video games and talk about current events or common sense stuff. Just to dive into the weird into the weeds of the world. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm like into talking about, but not really dive into the weeds. Because that's illegal in Texas. Texas so. <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point. Appreciate you guys watching this, hanging out with us. Again, let us know in the comments down below what you thought, what you thought of the podcast, what you thought of it will come to forever, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Catchy outro phrase again. Very catchy. Bye-bye. Later. Waiting. Waiting by.